Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Um, I'm actually recording on Saturday night as opposed to Sunday morning um, because I prefer not to sleep with this all in my head um, <laughs> because I, I, we, we all saw what we saw today, um, so I'd rather just get, get this out of the way. Um, but the, the bright side is we're going to start with some good stuff. Um, so obviously number one which is uh this was on my top five stories of the week as soon as it happened um and probably ill advised at this point but it continues um anthony knockout won premier league goal of the month um for the absolute howitzer against uh crystal palace absolutely deserved i'm sure you can agree uh there is nobody else out there that i could uh Honestly, I think it will probably be a goal of the season contender um, across the Premier League. Um, it's it's absolutely going to win goal of the season for the Albion. Um, uh, well, that or the Andone goal, um, also a pa- against Palace, funnily enough. Um, <clears throat> but I thought it was... I'm glad that it won. It would have been an absolute shocker if it hadn't, given the... Uh, just just how good it was um and like i said i think it will probably be on the short list of eight or ten that they normally do um for the whole of the premier league season it was that good um and i'm not sure if it automatically makes it by default simply because of it winning an award um but when the time comes uh i hope we can vote the crap out of it and maybe at least get a third or fourth place finish because obviously uh, a top six player's goal will win especially if it goes to the fans votes but it was an absolute banger of a goal um and i'm really happy to say that it won goal of the month i'm delighted with it so um there's not a lot of other things to be delighted about at this point in time as an albion fan so i'll take what i can get uh next up um story number four is a bit of a blessing um, from the football gods, uh, have a good friend back home, um, Russell, who goes to all the Albion games, season ticket holder, I believe, um, be shocked if he isn't considering he basically lives at the Amex, um, when and as he can, uh, he is also the, the gent I introduced, uh, Mile High Seagulls to, um, out after the show, um, and they, they spent the time together, um at the albion you know and rush showed him the ropes so uh what actually fell into my lap this week um was a lot of uh pre-match and post-match um analysis slash uh reflection um by russ and some of the fans um on the manchester city fa cup game uh now usually it would be out of date and something I probably won't um, fit into the show, given how long ago it was. But uh, I think it's necessary both uh, to show that the, the the game itself was probably more important than the result, um, and also to give us a little bit of uh, sun um, in amongst the storm clouds that are going to be pretty much the rest of this podcast. So, without further ado... Uh, this is a bit of a longer segment um, from Russ, but you'll enjoy it. I'm sure it was. It's a great listen, uh, and for anybody who was there, uh, who wishes they were there, who, you know, all of the above, just wants to sit back and remember the the great weekend we had last weekend. Um, enjoy, sit back, relax, enjoy. Right here we are then. 
post-match, just after the final, semi-final, I should say. Wish it was the final. Um, playing Man City, and it was a close game. 1-0 defeat in the end. And we were the better side in the second half. Really tight in the end. I'm with George, who's come all the way over from Australia to be with his family and the Albion on this special day. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the result we wanted for you, George. What's your take on the game, though? Well, at the end of the day, you can't really be disappointed with it. We've done everything you could possibly ask of the team. They've come out, they've given it everything, and we haven't haven't disappointed. We haven't made a mess of it or made a shame of ourselves. We've stayed in the game right up to the last minute. We've put City on the ropes in the second half. Yeah. The only reason I can be disappointed is that we didn't quite get something get a goal in the end. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, we got close we, to the couple, we didn't we? <laughs> Murray got close. <laughs> Murray got close. And we've got Johnny here as well, which is uh, George's uncle. He lives in the States. He's also come all the way over just for the game. What's your take on it, Johnny? I'm very proud of my team. They tried very hard and I thought we deserved a draw in the end there. Yeah, really close, wasn't it? One or two times we could have got it, couldn't we? Murray, do you think? Almost, almost oh, got, got to the ball, didn't he? It was so close, and uh, I think that was our best chance. Yeah, that's it. But we've given ourselves done, done credit, haven't we? We've I hope we play that well against Cardiff next week. Oh, we need to, don't we, now? That's what matters next. Yep. Oh, well, anyway, safe trip back, boys. Thank you so much. You. Cheers. Hi, this is Russell Guyver, North London resident and ardent Albion fan. Just giving you my feedback and perspective from the weekend's activities in the FA Cup semi-final. You heard there just a moment ago from George, who'd come all the way over from Australia, and his uncle Johnny, who came all the way over from San Francisco, just for the occasion. And I think that's what really the weekend was all about. It was people coming together. It was about the sense of fun, the party the festivities, Um, it's not so much about the game. I think we'd drawn the short straw in getting Manchester City and I think realistically all Albion fans thought that their chances were extremely unlikely that we were going to get to the final. So we just made it a party atmosphere. Um, A load of us, about 15 of us, um, had got tickets for the Box Park event which was a dedicated Albion venue near to the Wembley Stadium, on Wembley Way in fact, Um, which was open from about 11. We got there about half 11 and there was inflatable beach balls, streamers, lots of Albion memorabilia on the walls. All the um, the notables from the club were there. So we had Tony Bloom, Paul Barber, Paul Camlin, all the other staff and some ex-players, Gordon Smith, Stuart Storer, who it was a pleasure to meet. And there was other personalities like Bob Booker there, the journalists. And we managed to meet Alan Mullery amongst others. There was a little stage venue They had a load of um, stuff going on before the game, a few people talking to Mike and interviewing fans all around the park. There was about, I think, about 2,000 or so people in this venue and it was um, a pretty nice place to be for uh, getting the whole sense of event. And that's what it was really about on Saturday. Um, We we were there for a few hours, we had a few beers, so we certainly enjoyed ourselves and we were determined to do so regardless of what happened on the pitch later in the afternoon. What did happen, unfortunately, was that we went behind early in the match and as such, uh, it was difficult to come back. But in the end, that was the way the score stayed, 1-0. That early goal in the fourth minute um, came from what turned out to be pretty much our only mistake in the half. Uh, One moment where we switched off concentration-wise, just for a moment, and one impeccable ball in from De Bruno, one brilliant finish from Jesus, and that was um, what turned out to be the winning goal. However, we played well for the rest of the game. Um, we matched them in the second half, possibly even had the better of the game in the second half. And 
during the game. There was there was a few chances. Knockhart had a shot on the angle, a bit speculative. Um, Murray almost got to a ball right near the goal line, which was um, expertly cleared by Laporte. Really gutting for us. We thought we were going to score there. And then later in the game, there was another chance for Duffy. But overall, you know, we gave a good account of ourselves. It's the closest we've come to City in terms of match scores. Um, we've been fairly respectable anyway in terms of only losing by two goals in each of the three previous fixtures since we've been in the Premier League. And in this, the FA Cup match, um, we only lost by one goal. And I think tribute to us during the second half, Guardiola had started to look anxious and he brought on Fernandinho for De Bruyne in order to try and shore things up and to, um, to firm up their chances. So we were pretty happy with the fact that uh, we kept it quite close. That was a bonus of sorts, not the biggest bonus that we thought we'd hoped we might get from the game, but it was certainly a bonus of sorts to, to keep the game close and not to spoil the occasion somewhat with a thrashing, which is always possible with Manchester City. Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we, um, we then stayed behind. We outsung the City fans and outnumbered them during the game. We stayed behind afterwards to applaud our team off the pitch. Fantastic day out, fantastic atmosphere. And then we went back to Box Park to um, just have one or two more beers, you know, and um, enjoy the rest of the evening. Um, fantastic occasion. It's our first FA Cup semi-final in uh, 36 years, uh, only our second ever. It's also the first time we've been at Wembley for 36 years for an FA Cup match. Obviously, we've been there in 91 for a playoff um, losing match and also last season at Spurs away. But in terms of the FA Cup, that proper sense of occasion when you go to Wembley, it was great to have a long, long overdue and richly anticipated day out at Wembley. And we really enjoyed ourselves. Anyway, now it's back to business. We've got two crucial home Premier League games coming up in the next week. This Saturday, we've got Bournemouth at home. Tuesday, we've got Cardiff at home, the side we're looking to try and avoid being caught by in the uh, race to avoid relegation. They're five points behind us, and we've got a vastly superior goal difference, but we're going to have to make sure we keep that sort of gap going into the running because we've got some tough fixtures at the tail end. Um, Primarily, we'd love to get the win on Saturday against Bournemouth. If we can get the three points on the board, particularly if Cardiff can lose their game as well, then that would set us up nicely for the fixture between the two sides. Failing that, a draw, and then beating Cardiff would also do the trick. But it's absolutely of paramount importance that we get these results in and really let ourselves be able to relax in the final weeks of the season. We'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be tough. Bournemouth, they are... Always a bit of a bogey side for us. We've managed to somehow smash that hex they've had over us a little bit by beating them at the beginning of our cup run this year, the 3-1 win at Bournemouth's um, grounds. But we've otherwise been pretty much stopped by Eddie Howe's sides. Um, even when he had his shorter stint at Burnley, he managed to stitch us up with the outrageous sending-off scenarios at the Amex when they beat us 1-0. And his Bournemouth sides have generally got the better of us. Last time when we played them in the league, they beat us despite not being on form. They are currently going through a pretty bad spell of form now. So, can we break that hoodoo again? Can we get the win on Saturday? Let's hope so. We'll be cheering the lads on as loudly as we can. Just as one final footnote from me, I'd just like to say it was a pleasure to meet your friend of the show, Amir, and his lovely wife, Anna, who came over for the game, unfortunately not the best one to choose, the Southampton match, a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, it was really nice to meet up with them and show them around, show them the sort of match day experience, and they seem to really enjoy themselves in general for their visit to the UK, their first visit. So, hello to Amir from me. Thanks again, Ross. Uh, that isn't the first. That isn't the last we'll be hearing from him uh, for the rest of the season, I'm sure. Um, well, I say that I know that um, because I have another little bit from him uh, pre Bournemouth. Uh, today so he will be back shortly um but my story number three um you know well actually let's just let's just take a look back um i think that you know for most fans um even for those that were there for 83 whether they were or weren't um i think the city game was about the connections and the day and the moment um you know going to wembley to see a Spurs game, it's crazy to think that people had already been to a bunch of those um, because it was treated with such a different level of uh, importance. You know, like going to Wembley, like was the big thing, and uh, like it was a it was a big moment, um, and it was really about the moment rather than the result. Um, and yeah, I I just I'm glad that I was able to share that with you all. Um, and keep an eye out, because uh, I'm sure that's not the last time we will hear from Russ, um, just in a in a wider sense too. So keep your keep your eyes posted on him. Um, he has some great thoughts and uh, analysis and feelings. So yeah, I was I was really happy to get that on here. Um, and we will take a look at his interviewing skills shortly uh, in the pretty much build up for Bournemouth. Um, but story number three. Um, and this is where the down the downturn comes. Uh, yep, it it's already here. Uh, story number three: um, Brighton and Hove Albion's under twenty threes uh, were knocked out of the Sussex Senior Cup um, in the semi finals against Bognor Regis. Uh, Bognor won five one, um, and it was essentially uh, Brighton's under eighteens because, in fact, it was so much so. Um, that I believe that they were managed by the under-18s manager. Um, so in name, it was the under-23s. In reality, it was the under-18s. But it was an absolute shit show from the word go. Uh, I believe that they were 3-0 up within 14 minutes. Um, it's a cup competition that we normally do very well in, obviously, given that we are by far the biggest team in that region. Um so it was a shame to go out so spinelessly. Um, and yet it seems that it was really an omen for the future. But uh, we'll move on to the the two main events of the evening. Um, I'm sure you all can't wait to get there. Uh, story number two um, is Bournemouth. Uh, the game itself... Um, and a bit of pre-match and post-match uh, feelings from people around the globe. So we do have Ross back um, for some pre-match uh, interview. Um, and it's right before kickoff, literally minutes before kickoff. Uh, the the music is starting, the people are ready. Um, so, uh, yeah, enjoy. This is, this is the feeling of the fans prior to the game. Um, here you go. 
final interview before the game today with Bournemouth with Duncan I'm up in the West Stand Upper 5-2 we're just about to go in and watch what is this going to be a win for the Albion I'm pretty cagey oh there's uh, the music starting we better go in soon but it's uh, I'm quite nervous actually I really don't know what what team is going to turn up today I'm really pleased that Andone and the party yeah. are starting Agreed. that pace just might just um, produce something for us um, I really have no idea <laughs> but it's that's the album <laughs> it's um, I'm looking forward to it but I am shitting my pants am I allowed to say that? yeah you can say that I'm going to say it too I'm shitting mine <laughs> now, I reckon we might win this 2-1 but it's, it's a random guess it's anybody it's anybody's game at the yeah. moment. Um, I really don't know. But it is. I really hope we win, obviously. Um, but it's not necessarily a must-win game, as yeah. is Cardiff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, Cardiff could lose everything, and we yeah. could lose everything, and we're still five points ahead of them yeah. at, the, True. at the end. True. But I am breaking it. <laughs> well, let's hope you've got something note, to cheer about. Yeah, yeah, let's go in there. All right, cheers. Thanks again, Russ, as always. Uh, top stuff um, and really I think that his uh, Duncan's assessment Donk's assessment um, pre-game and his that we were bricking it was absolutely uh, spot on um, I thought prior to the game um, the lineup was good uh, I was happy with Andoni and Lacardia coming into the side uh, I was happy with the with the idea that we're setting up slightly more positively um, I was really quite up for it um i thought that today may be the day we get we grind out a uh, one or two nil victory um and you know we can walk into the cardiff game already eight clear um and knowing that a point would be enough to essentially make ourselves safe um needless to say that isn't how it ended up being but i think that um dunk's pre-match uh feeling was probably representative of a huge huge amount of the fan base um i think we all felt the same way uh and it wasn't to be um so let's get into and unpack um the game uh brighton of albion nil at the amex in front of thirty thousand albion fans bournemouth five um Where do we start? Uh, let's start from the beginning, I guess. <laughs> um, first 20, <coughs> first 30 minutes. Excuse me. Uh, feel like a fly just ran down my throat. Um, first 30 minutes, uh, I thought we looked tidy. I thought we looked uh, assured is a good word. I thought we looked tidy. I thought we looked assured. Um, but not really looked like scoring. Um, there was one or two very small moments where we would uh, get a little bit of space in the channel um, or create a set piece um, where I thought, oh, hello, you never know. Something might be going on here. Um, but wasn't to be. Um, Nathan Ake gets a yellow card, uh, deservedly so. Um, for wiping out Basuma. Um, and Ake was probably lucky not to get a second yellow at some point further on. Um, but, um, and that was the first of two potential red cards uh, for Bournemouth. Um, but let's not pretend that that, that could have changed the game today. Um, I think we were that poor. 
Uh, and on 33 minutes, um, now I've got to admit, whenever I saw them coming forward, um, I felt that we were never, ever assured at the back. We looked uh, like deer in the headlights whenever they were coming forward against us. That is totally not what I'm used to seeing uh, as an Albion fan over the last couple of years under Hewton. Uh, we always look regimented, drilled, and like every attack is just another attack. Even against the biggest clubs in the in the league, it, it never looks like we are bricking it. Um, it just looks like another attack, and we deal with it, and we get rid of it. Um, today looked, for the first time in a long time, nothing like that. Uh, we looked unorganized, we looked scared, we looked out of, out of position, we looked off the pace, we looked, we looked like a League One team um, defensively, and Bournemouth made the most of it. Um, their first real attack, I think, um, came on 33 minutes where they quite literally walked into the net. Um, how on earth at any point they were able to get into that kind of position is absolutely beyond me. Um, I don't understand how it happened at all. Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand. It was, it was their second shot first on target, um, and quite how we allowed them to be able to quite literally walk through our defense and score is beyond me. Um, as, like I said, as what I've seen for the last three or four years. Um, next flashpoint, we go into half time at 1 0 down, um, all to play for. Uh, and little did we know the shit show of the second half we were about to witness. Um, on 40 minutes, Chris Mepham, uh, Mepham, 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 however you pronounce it, uh, quite clearly, um, I hate the word because it, he headbutts Florin Andone. Now, I don't think it's a literal Zidane headbutt, but under the laws of the game, it's a headbutt. Um, Kevin Friend looking straight at the incident, uh, so there will be no retrospective action, of course. Um, Kevin Friend looking straight at the incident, uh, at the Amex, in the same way that he was looking at Duffy's, um, just a couple of months ago, and instead of giving the straight red, as you should, um, for the second week in a row, the headbutt rule does not seem to apply for Albion, um, because he decides to give Mepperman and Donay a yellow card each, uh, how that happened, we'll never know. How Andone ended up getting booked is quite literally a mystery. Um, pure mystery. I'd love to see what he wrote in his book uh, or in his report or whatever it is that he sends off to the referee and association or the FA or whoever. Um, and five minutes later, the game was over. Uh, Ryan Fraser broke through, uh, walked most of the length of our side of the pitch um, and curled the ball into the top corner over Matty Ryan. Uh, keeper had no chance. Um, and you know, the keeper isn't going to have much of a chance when your defense allows someone to just run through and do whatever they want. Um, great goal from Fraser. Uh, I think Fraser is an absolutely cracking player and I would love him to be in a Brighton side. He never will, but I would love him to be. Um, three minutes later, we need a reaction. Of course, um, we need to, we need to do something to try and get this together. And we take off Florin Andone and bring on Glenn Murray. Um, we took off a pacey, uh, hungry striker and brought on a target man that would be great at holding up the ball. Um, the substitution was booed, rightly. 
Um, I think that if you're going to take somebody off, take off uh, Lacardia and bring Murray on um, and play the 4-4-2 with those two up front. Um, but that's not what happened. They wanted to continue with Izquierdo on the left. Uh, I'm sorry, Lacardia on the left. Um, five minutes later, we to bring on Jose, Jose Izquierdo uh, and take off Davy Proper and then finally revert to 4-4-2. But at this point, it feels like it's too late because our heads are down. A um, couple of minutes later, we we are in the ascendancy. Um, great ball from Knockout to Lacardia. Lacardia brings the ball in. Um, great chance. You know, we didn't score from it, but it looked like we could. We were really starting to turn the screw. Um, ball gets cleared away, and Knockout for absolutely no reason, um, almost inside their own 18-yard box, dives in, both feet up. Uh, almost like a literal drop kick um, that you would see at WrestleMania, not at the Amex, um, and gets himself sent off, clearly. Um, he probably shouldn't be wearing a Brighton shirt again this season, despite how good he's been for us, um, or at least no one's been good for us because we, we can't win games, but at least he's looked um, encouraging compared to some of the others that uh, call themselves professional footballers out there. Uh and he let himself down, and the team down, again. And it's not the first time he's done stuff like this. Um, so, you know, that's all she wrote. Off he goes, um, and that is officially the end of the game. Um, now, normally we're pretty good at keeping the score down in situations like this, but today wasn't to be. Uh, six minutes later, David Brooks walks through the defence and puts a third goal in. Um Dominic Solanke then subbed on for Josh King. Uh, Eddie Howe looking to really twist the uh, twist the game and kill it. Uh, and they do on 82 minutes. Callum Wilson waltzes through again with Ryan Fraser. 4-0. Um, and four minutes added on time. Um, we decide that's not enough. And Stanislas wants one too. Uh, you know, Ryan had no chance on any of these goals. Um, they, the defence was an absolute embarrassment to any kind of professional football um, I've genuinely not seen a defensive performance that bad. Um, probably since we were under Russell Slade or Mickey Adams in League One. That's how bad we were. Um, I feel like even Sammy Huppier had defenders playing better than that. Um, and they were dog shit under him. So <laughs> that's all you need to know about that. Um, you know, we, we, Shots on target, we had one, uh, Bernardo. I believe it was the 91st minute. And I'm not counting it as a shot on target, frankly. Um, it was a looping header from a corner that could have easily have just rolled over the bar um, as opposed to being caught by Boric. Uh I think he just did him a favour by catching it. <laughs> um, so I'm not giving it as a shot on target. So we had eight shots, none on target. Uh, we lost over half of our aerial duels. Um, we lost, like, Bournemouth won 23 tackles to our 18. Um, Dale Stevens had the most touches um, in the game, which really sums up the absolute lack of ambition we had. Um, you know, Anthony Onokart got himself sent off. Uh, Matt Ryan conceded five, but like I said, I don't feel he could do much about it. Um, you know, Duffy... Duffy, although he didn't do anything wrong, he didn't do anything right. Um, Dale Stevens, uh, 
again, like this is not the kind of game that's ever going to look good for Dale because he's this isn't a game that suits his play. So again, like that, like Duffy, he didn't do a lot right, right or wrong. He just he just played. Um, Bernardo looked like he cared, and so did Basuma, which is nice. Um, it's a shame we can't say the same for uh, Lacardia. It's a shame we can't say the same for a lot of the players. It looked like their heads went down, and they'd already conceded um, the defeat as soon as we were one 0 down. Um, they're an embarrassment, honestly. Let's be honest. Um, our best passer was Martin Montoya, um, with eighty-six percent pass accuracy. Uh, but the players you need to be at a higher level of pass accuracy simply weren't. Um, you know, we just... <sighs> Bissouma had the most shot. Bissouma, uh, Bernardo, and Lacardia had two shots apiece. Um, none of them on target. It's a joke. Um, let me have a look here, because I'm looking through the stats in real time. Um, quite interestingly, uh, Andone uh, had four... Um, loose touches that gave away the ball. Uh, Dunk had three, which says enough as to why we were so poor at the back. Um, Bissouma was dispossessed three times, very unusual for him. Bernardo was dispossessed two times, but proper dispossessed two times. Um, Knockout gave away the ball a couple of times, and all of these led to goals. <laughs> Literally every single one of them led to goals. Um, it was it was an embarrassment from the word go. Uh, we look totally devoid of anything um and to finish this segment um i'm gonna move on to amir uh mal high seagulls um to see if he concurs the same feelings i had so take it away mal high seagulls this is my high seagulls with my post bournemouth match thoughts really have nothing positive to say Man, that was a brutal, brutal game. I know I've only been following the club for a year. Obviously the worst loss I've ever seen. I had to see what uh, your thoughts are on overall loss in the club's history because I just really can't fathom much worse than this in terms of being at home and what was at stake. Um, Like I posted on Twitter, my man of the match was Burnley today. Um, They did more for the Albion than the Albion did for themselves. Um but, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to take out of this game. Nothing positive. I don't even know if we had a shot on target. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ugly game. Not much to say. I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, Tuesday is the uh, Super Bowl, Super Relegation Bowl. Loser is probably going down. Um, I didn't, you know, obviously, with after Cardiff's game, we only have, what, four games left with Arsenal, Tottenham, and I'm missing one more in there. Tough match. Oh, City being uh, you know, obviously probably guaranteed losses. And Newcastle at home looking like a loss. Draw at best. So Tuesday's the really the last game we have to try and get three points. Now or never. Um, not much else to say. Thank you again, Mile High Seagulls. Job well done. Uh, yeah, pretty much summarized exactly what I said. Um, in a more concise manner and uh yeah to answer your question um we technically technically had one shot on target uh but we may as well not call it that um so the final uh section today will be uh cardiff and the overall future of the albion um cardiff is the well as amir said the super bowl (laughs) of uh our season 
Um, and in American terms, he's pretty much spot on. Um, except the Super Bowl is probably, well, the Super Bowl is uh, used as a celebration of uh, the sport and all the great things that have gone on in the season. And this is uh, this doesn't feel anything like that. Uh, quite the opposite. Um, it is the make or break moment, isn't it? Um, if we lose, I think everybody can probably spend the next couple of weeks coming to terms with relegation um, and heading back to the championship, um, deservedly, if we can't beat them. Um, if we draw, it just prolongs the agony, I think. Um, I'm not convinced we get a single more point. A single, single more point? Is that even a real phrase? I don't think we get one more point. Um, after Cardiff, I think that we will lose out for the rest of the games. Um, and that would mean that Cardiff would need to overturn a five-point deficit uh, if we were to draw. Um, and I think they'll do it. I think they'll beat Palace and Fulham. Um, I feel like we can absolutely rely on Palace to throw their game, although not overtly, um, to ensure that we go down, um, just to make that point. And, yeah, so I think Cardiff are going to win six points. Um, so I think if we win, we're safe. Um, if we can't win, we're down. Um, I think it's just going to be a real agonizing relegation if we only draw on Tuesday. And if we lose, it's going to be a little bit easier to come to terms with because within the next week or so, we'll be in the bottom three and that's where we'll stay. Um, and I'm not going to go into what I think the lineup will look like on Tuesday, um, because I've given up with thinking, um, but what I do, what I want, um, is for Hutton to show some a, a level of humbleness, humbleness, um, a level of uh, self awareness, and some kind of um, adaptability because he has uh, been outmanaged by just about every manager in this league um, since the turn of the new year. Um, he was outmanaged by Claudio Ranieri. Um, he's been outmanaged by Eddie Howe. He's been outmanaged by... Hell, he was almost outmanaged by Millwall's manager if it wasn't for the fact that the keeper lobbed the ball in the net. Um, and he absolutely will be outmanaged by Warnock on Tuesday if he doesn't change his attitude. Um, we have regressed incredibly. Um, both as a team and as a tactical unit. Uh, and I would like to see us change to a 4-4-2 or a 4-4-1-1 or something. Something different to what we're offering right now. Um, if you read the Times article recently about potential discontent in the camp, um, the Albion players seem to want to play more attacking football. Hutton doesn't seem to want to do that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk on Twitter tonight about him losing the dressing room and I, I agree with it uh, it looked like a team that had no interest in playing for him today um, especially once we went 1-0 down uh, and they don't believe they can score goals um, in the way they're playing right now and you know it's up to him to be able to change that the buck stops at his door um, and it's going to be up to him as to whether he can make that change and get results um, do I think he will? no I don't I don't think he will um, and I think that if we lose on Tuesday, that will probably be the last time we see him. Uh, I think he'll be fired that night. We'll get somebody in within the next week, um, and pray to God that we can commit some kind of miracle, um, and outscore Cardiff. I'm not sure we will. 
Um, I think that it will probably be too late at that point, but I also understand that you can't exactly fire a manager in a three games in a three day stretch before we play uh, Cardiff on Tuesday in what is the most important game of the entire year. So, um, what are we? I think that if we win um, and we stay up, I think that we absolutely don't have Hutton as manager at the end of the year. Um, I think that's like an absolute no brainer. Uh, I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's any any chance at all um, staying up or going down that Hutton is manager next year. Um, I love him. He's a legend. He's done everything for us to get us here. Uh, but he's reached his limit. Um, he can't adapt. He can't or he's unwilling to adapt. Um, he's not willing to change it up or try something new. Um, and it's going to cost him his job, unfortunately for him. Uh, it seems very reminiscent of what all the Norwich fans have been saying about him for when they uh, got rid of him in their season two. Um, the only problem is, is they assigned Rhoda, who was an absolute joke. So hopefully we assign a bit of a better manager if we uh, kick the bucket on Tuesday. Um, yeah. I think that this is it. If we go out there and play this same 4-3-3 formation... Uh, that we have been insistent on doing for the last three and a half, four months. Um, we'll get beat 2-0. Absolutely nailed on. We're going to get beat at least 2-0. Um, Warnock will walk all over us. They they will want it more than us. They will be better than us, and they will be drilled better than us, and they will win. Um, if Hutton, like I say, can show some self-awareness and maybe give back to the players somewhat, uh, kind of do the Solskjaer as opposed to the Mourinho, uh, level of management and do something different uh, we I think we can actually probably win um, it isn't going to save Chris's job in the summer but it would probably save us <laughs> um, so really everything hinges on Tuesday uh, I felt like we all knew it was coming down to this and if you listen back to a couple of other episodes of mine in the last couple of weeks um i am pretty much saying that all the way through that i think it's going to come to cardiff at home as the be all and end all decider and sadly um well thankfully cardiff have proceeded to be crap and live up to the hope that it would be the be all and end all and unfortunately albion have lived up to being absolute crap too and bringing us down to their level so here we are um very unlikely i record midweek barring some kind of miracle on tuesday uh because i think we're gonna get beat and i think we're gonna do nothing but do the same thing as we did today um but you know if something if something drastic happens um i will be recording uh especially if we do give him the chop in the middle of the week so we'll see um it all comes down to this one chaps so i will speak to you soon at least it's only a couple of days between this and the next and be good uh, well done.